0: You are listening to our Southside Baptist Church podcast. For more audio content, please refer to our website, this is BaptistChurch.com. Well, amen. I'm going to ask you to remain standing and take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Luke. Luke and um, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 38. And we're excited that the kids are heading out and we know they'll have a good time. And so we thank the Lord for that ministry. Let me let me say real quickly, and I want you to kind of hear my heart. I'm 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 doing things a little different. I thought to myself, uh I told Sheila, I almost cried this morning. I said, I sure miss my brother Reggie because Reggie was always that one that could guide and direct me through uh, technology. He was always patient with me. I love Reggie because Reggie believed not only in this church, but he believed in the ability of your pastor in the area of counseling. And uh, he was always trying to help me figure out how to do that better. And I've kind of let a lot of things slide uh after kind of losing reggie so he's still a brother in christ but i sure miss him uh i'm using a little technology i got an ipad and i'm beginning to do some things hopefully on powerpoint well i'm using a, a different program but many of you would think powerpoint in other words putting it up there so that you can see it and we're gonna have to work on our uh, on our ability to d- use this because i can tell already that we probably need some upgrades technologically in order to make this as effective as we can. Lights will help us a little bit. But I'm talking about the word, the word anxious. And uh, for every one of us, it's sometime in your life, you have been anxious. You've been worried. Uh, some of you uh, may deal with anxiety. You may deal with panic. Uh, some of you may understand when I talk about panic attacks. What that means, uh, some of you may be medicated. You take medications to help you deal with anxiety, to deal with worry, and to deal with panic. It is a real issue. When I came back from Africa, I had PTSD. I had Post Traumatic Stress Disorder. Um, I dealt with it for a period of time. I had to go back to Zimbabwe to have some closure with that panic that I seem to have. There came a point when I would sit down, Leo was my, or is my barber, when I would sit down, I would almost be at a point of having a panic attack, sitting trying to get a haircut. Some of you know what I'm talking about, some of you have no idea. It is a real problem, and it can affect your health, it can affect relationships it can affect your ability to do your job to be able to perform the task that your employer may give to you i have i had separation anxiety i had certain safe places safe people i found it difficult to travel Uh, Derek, I think about you and your line of work. You travel and look at different systems in the HVAC business, Uh, so a lot of times you live on the road. I couldn't do that. There was a time when being away from family was uh, extreme anxiety. When I did the 50 capitals in Washington, D.C., I told the congregation that God was asking me to do something that I would have difficulty doing, and that is being away from a safe place and safe people. You can't be anxious and do the will of God. Okay, now let me say that. And you may say, well, wait a minute. Yes, I can well, you may be able to squeeze or squeak your way through it, but you sure won't enjoy it, right? God wants you to be in His will, doing what He's called you to do, and He wants you to enjoy it while you're, on, while you're doing it. And, uh, and He wants you to be content. Now, we're looking today at, at, at two people, uh, Martha and Mary, and we're looking at Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 38. Are you there? Say amen. Amen. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came, or he came, to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now, this is the beginning of a strong friendship, but it starts right here. Verse 39. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Let's pray again. Lord, we love you, and we give you all the glory, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, Amen. You can be seated. Now, let me, let me give you a definition of anxiety. Anxiety is defined as the feeling of worry, nervousness, uneasiness. Typically, listen to this, about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. In other words, you and I tend to worry Get anxious about things we have no control over, or maybe the future, right? We worry about something that's coming up tomorrow, next week, next year. It could be anything, but anxiety the, the definition is a feeling of worry or nervousness. Anxiety is a feeling. You remember what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 7. What did he tell Timothy? He said, Timothy, God has not given you, listen to this spirit, the Greek word there, pneuma. God's not given you this spirit, this feeling, this atmosphere of fear. God's not giving you that. In fact, Paul told Timothy, God's given you power, deutymus, dynamite. God's given you power, he's given you love, agape, unconditional love, and he's given you, let's look, everybody look this way, a sound mind, okay? So what happens when you and I get anxious, we worry, we get nervousness, we get uneasiness, because something is uncertain, it's unclear, it's something we can't control, then it becomes kind of a feeling that we have, right? And if we're not careful we can stay in that now we're introduced to two people we're introduced to martha and mary i don't know about you i love martha i can't wait to get to heaven to sit down and talk to martha and i'm going to tell martha martha i think a lot of people judge you too harshly martha i'm in your camp now martha is the oldest of the two. And that's why she's mentioned first. Uh, her name in, 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 the, in, in, in Arabic means mistress. And it means that she was the head of the household, which means that most likely Martha was a widow she was a widow. Now, I wrote down here, she's kind of authoritative. I believe she's somewhat of an authoritative person. She's a strong personality. She likes things a certain way, and she doesn't like it if it's not her way. Uh, Sheila and I were talking this morning, Marge, and we thought about Irene. Irene was a Martha, Right? Anybody that knew Irene, Irene was a no no-no. Listen, Irene could bring down the temperature in a room by 10 degrees if she didn't like something in it. Irene, forgive me, I know you're up in heaven. But you know, she was just that kind of individual. Irene wanted things done a certain way. And Martha was, is, is that kind of person. She's a straight shooter, no-nonsense, gets to the point. Now, Mary is the younger Uh, Ethan, she'd be the Caleb. She'd be the Caleb. Caleb's kind of a free spirit. Everything's funny to him. He laughs a lot, and and uh, but Martha, I mean Mary, may have been a, a free spirit. Now she may have been a little more quieter than Martha, a little more soft-spoken, a little not as sure as Martha. In fact, let me say this: if you're a younger sibling or the middle child, sometimes you walk in the shadow of your older of your older sibling, right? And so that was Mary. Uh, And they they lived in a town called Bethany, and Luke doesn't say yet. Let me tell you, this is remarkable. From chapter 10 to chapter 19, Luke begins to talk a lot about Jesus' teachings. There's not a lot of miracles in this, because Jesus didn't come here to do miracles. He came here to teach us what God wanted us to know. But they're from a little town called Bethany. Bethany's about two miles out of—it's about two miles out of Jerusalem on the backside of the Mount of Olives. And so he's coming into Bethany, and the reason we know that is because John eleven, the raising of Lazarus, John gives us a lot more detail about this family—Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, right? But Jesus loves this family. This is about six months before the cross so we're about six months from jesus going to the cross so you can imagine he comes into martha's home because martha invites him in but before long man martha is filled with anxiety worry she begins to fret she begins to get upset i remember one time sheila and i we were having having dr ron Herod come to our little apartment there in new orleans at the baptist seminary we were all excited it was dr ron Herod, the pastor of first baptist kenner one of the fastest most dynamic churches in the state of louisiana and the southern baptist convention and i think we had another guest coming with him right it might have been jd gray a former pastor of New Orleans. Sheila had the, she had the table set in that little apartment. I mean, everything immaculate, it was perfect. And then she said this, she said, would you mind climbing up on a chair and replacing the light bulb over the table? Do you want to guess what happened? Nancy's going, you're right, Nancy. I dropped the light bulb, it hit, and it shattered all over that entire place. We were cleaning out. Sheila was crying. <laughs> we were cleaning out, wiping. We were doing everything we could, and we were trying to, you know, hopefully it didn't get into the spaghetti sauce and the spaghetti. And we had horror thoughts of the, Dr. Ron Harry choking to death at our table on a piece of glass. We were anxious. Listen, we were so filled with anxiety we could not enjoy our pastor coming to our home that was martha i want you to put the look at this next picture because uh, this is a unique individual uh, that right there is bryce young bryce young is the heisman trophy winner last year he is the quarterback of the alabama crimson tide bryce young is a strong christian he is a unique individual Uh, He's a fascinating individual. If you could see that picture more clearly, you would see that when you look at Nick Saban, it's a typical Nick Saban kind of moment. Nick Saban, the coach of Alabama, is probably one of the greatest coaches of all time. You're looking at a Hall of Famer. I watched last week when Alabama played Texas. They played Texas in Austin. They just literally were surrounded by tens of thousands of Longhorn fans, and they were screaming from the beginning of the game all the way to the end of it. And it was a nail-biter, number one-ranked Alabama, playing an unranked Texas. It came down to Texas looking as if they were going to win. It was like one minute and 46 seconds and the commentator said, uh-oh, they, Texas left too much time for a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. This young man, Bryce Young, went out and he led, he led uh, the team to victory. And let me tell you, I thought to myself, how do you do that? How do you block out all those distractions and keep your head and get rid of all that anxiety and worry and panic? And and I tell you, to me, Nick Saban, one thing that he does, and I want you to listen to me, he puts those kind of people usually, Tua, Jalen Hurts, two quarterbacks for Miami, Jalen Hurts for Philadelphia. He tends to, I think, he tends to find Christian quarterbacks who are very low-key, calming people. Everybody listen to me. When you're in a panic, when worry, and when you are at a place that that you feel like you're maybe going to lose it, you need to listen to Nick Saban. You need to put in your company somebody who that calms you down. That's a principle. There are certain, listen, before we move on, there are certain people in my life that are therapeutic. There are certain people that when I'm stressed, when I'm anxious, she's the number one. When I'm stressed or anxious, if I'm with my wife, she calms me down, helps me to kind of get my footing again. Let me ask you something. Who are people in your life that when you go to them, they're therapeutic? They calm you down. They bring your blood pressure down. You like when you get around them. You, hey, listen, you need to know who they are. It's not only who's therapeutic, but places that are safe. Well, let's go to the next one. This thing of anxiety. Uh, Celia, I did this one for you. Celia loves my dog. His name is Coach. And I wrote down here that anxiety is being distracted by many things when only one thing is needful. Sheila had just fixed her plate. She sat down to watch TV. She was eating a meal, and that's Coach, my dog. He just sat there and looked at her. The reality is, is Jesus tells Martha, listen. He says, Martha, you are anxious about what? Many things. In fact, look at it again. Verse 41, Martha, Martha, that's a term of endearment. You are anxious, you're worried, you're upset about many things. MacArthur said this about this passage. He said it's a matter of priorities. Daryl Bach in his two-volume work said, This account shows that attention to Jesus is a key element in the disciples' life. Listen, every time, hear me, every time you and I get our eyes off of Jesus, if we're not fixing our eyes on Jesus, and we start fixing our eyes on our circumstances, our situation, our problem, our difficulty, it's going to get bigger. And you're going to start getting anxious about it. You see, that's why the Bible says over and over again, I love Mary. Where is Mary while Martha is anxious, worried, and almost in a panic? Where's Mary? Where is she? In the Greek, it is the picture because para is below, before that. It's the picture. She is literally as close as she can get to his feet. Now, let me tell you, everybody listen. Rabbis in this day did not think women even worth teaching. So a rabbi didn't even want to, he didn't care, and nor did he in any way make provisions for a woman to listen to his teaching. Mary, the younger, is sitting at his feet as close as she can get. She's like a child. She's hanging on every word. You see, there's a difference. One of the things that I've learned about my dog is this. He's a Dogo Argentino. He's 110 pounds of attitude sometimes. But one of the things that I've learned about a dog and a dog like this, because this can be a dangerous dog. This is not. He's a very sweet, loving dog because he was raised that way. But one of the things that I've learned about dogs is you have to get their attention. And one of the things I've learned about anxiety His anxiety is when Jesus Christ no longer has my attention. Let me ask you something. What are you anxious and worried and in a panic about right now? Your finances? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Ask anything in my name and it shall be done. Say to this mountain, With with the faith of a mustard seed to be moved and it'll be cast into the sea. What are you worried about right now? You worried about something out there in the future? Some of you young parents, you're worried about your children growing up and the world that they're growing up in? Let me ask you something. Do you think your parents were worried about you? One day, Ledge and I, we were at, up in New York, and we were, I was up there with him. He was on, at a business meeting, and we were in the subway, and we were walking along. And, you know, Ledge, I, 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 the, the guy saw it yesterday, 50-foot left. Ledge gets his, as high as he go, can go, and he's just up there 50 feet up, and he's moving around, cutting up, playing around. And I said, that's what I put up with the whole time of raising him and Jeffrey. They're the only guys I know that rode my riding lawnmower down out, off, of, off a cliff down into the creek. But the reality is, is, and I don't know where I was going with that. Where was I going with that? New York. New York. Thank you. We're, we're in New York. We're at the subway. Now, you know the subway's down here, and you're, riding on the plat- you're walking on the platform. Well, this is ledge. Grown man, got family, and he's walking like this. I said, Led, you need to move back. Son, you're going to fool around. You're going to fall over in there. And he said, Dad, he said, I'm a grown man. Uh, Pretty much, I'm a grown man. I'll do what I want. And I looked at him and I said, Son, you may love your boys as much as I love you, but you will never love them more than I love you. Get away from the subway. Yeah, The reality is, is that you and I, if we're not careful, we get anxious, we get worried, we get filled with panic because there are some things out there that are beyond our control. They're out there in the future. And we think to ourselves, uh, you know, I, I, I just don't know what I'd do if this happened. You ever play the what-if game? That's of the enemy. That's of Satan. Let me tell you, God tells you I'm sovereign. Hey, listen, everybody listen. You don't have to worry about tomorrow, he's already there. So, the idea of of anxiety, and I think Jesus alludes to it, is choices that we make. Watch what he says. Martha, Martha, verse 41, look at it again. Martha, I I think he said it like that, Martha, Martha. (laughs) He just kind of laughed, shook his head, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Let me tell you, go ahead and go to the next slide. Much of our anxiety, according to Jesus, and you're probably not going to be able to read that, and we're going to fix this problem if I have to divvy up some money myself, but much of our anxiety, according to Jesus, is the choices that we make, right? Some of our anxiety is due to life. Some of it is due to things that are uncontrollable, but let me ask you something. Is some of the panic and the worry and the anxiety that you feel because of the choices that you've made? Think about it. Let me give you an example. Martha, and I'm, hey listen, she called him Lord, Kurios in the Greek. You know what she was saying? I know who you are. You're the Son of God as it's shown to say, God put on the flesh of man, the Word became flesh. She, listen, she had the creator of the universe, the one that put the stars in place, the one who created. She had God in the flesh in her home. I don't know about you, but I'd, be, I'd want things to look pretty nice too. This is no time to burn the bread. And I'm sure that she would gotten everything ready. And she wanted it. Listen, everybody look this way. She wanted it perfect. She wanted it immaculate. Because she's a little OCD. She's obsessive compulsive. She's She's got a problem. She wants everything just perfectly put out there. And Jesus said to her, he said, you're worried about what? many things i wrote down here she could have called in a caterer she could have sent invitations she could have put a banner in front of the house she could have turned it into a conference event there's a lot of things she could have done the problem is she's anxious and she's worried because of the choices that she made and i want you to listen to me why did she invite jesus to her home you don't know the answer, you can shout it. Fellowship, right? She didn't invite him into her home just to make everything a a nice meal, or did she? The reality is, is that she invited him not to impress him, but she wanted to fellowship with him. She wanted to enjoy him. And I wrote down here, you know, sometimes I want to look at parents and say, did you have kids to cut the grass or to fellowship? Did you have kids to scream at them at a ball game and to shout and holler at them and make them feel about that tall? Because you wanted to feel good as a dad or a mom? Did you want them in cheerleading? Did you want them to look immaculate? Did you, did you take so much pride in your kids? You had them because you wanted to have people sing your praises and give your accolades and talk about how good your kids are, how beautiful they are, how smart they are, and just taking all that in. Did you have them for that? Did you happen to drive them to get the education, drive them to excel in sports, drive them to get a good job, drive them, listen, to make as much money as they can make because you want to feel good about yourself? Or did you have your kids because sometimes you just want to sit down and fellowship? The reality is sometimes that These things, anxiety, stress comes into our life because we're like Martha. We bring it on ourselves. We start putting expectations that are too big, too much on ourselves and even the people around us. Martha ruined the whole event. She ruined the whole home your anxiety your worry your panic is not only destroying your life it's destroying the people around you and some of it is simply because you and i anxiety can be due and i wrote this down our attempt to be extravagant to go overboard many things martha was attempting to do more than was required was required why do you think she was doing that because she wanted to feel good about herself. Sometimes you and I are filled with anxiety and worry and we begin to fret when the truth of the matter is it's not because of life and it's not because of the uncontrollable future. The truth of the matter is it's because of the choices that we've made. And the choices that we've made have brought conflict, have brought panic, have brought anxiety, have brought stress into our marriage and our home, among our children and our families, because we have expectations that God never intended us to have. It's quiet in here. Why did she and why do we go beyond what is necessary? I wrote it down. It makes us feel good about ourselves. We love the recognition, the bragging rights. We like being singled out. We like feeling as if we have a sense of self-worth. Let me ask you something. Who did, who did Martha get mad at? Who? You got mad at Mary? Who else? Jesus. I wrote this down sometimes when you and I are filled with anxiety, worry, because we put so much on our plate and we're stressed. Hey, listen, how many people are, I got to run to, hey, hey listen, got to run this one to soccer, take this one to piano, got to do this, got to do that. Hey, listen, we're running kids everywhere and we fly through the drive-thru and we grab a happy meal and we're throwing it back there in the back seat and we got a TV playing and we're just running through our day. And then by the end of the evening, we're so stressed and so filled with anxiety, our life, hey listen, the tail is wagging the dog. Sometimes our schedule, sometimes the stresses that we put on ourselves begin to affect other people. I wrote this down, Mary did not see the value in giving up time with Jesus for a casserole. she would not be robbed. Mary would not be robbed of this moment, this non-essential. Am I making sense? And I know we've got to close. I got to be sensitive. Am I making sense? I'm going to tell you what some of us need to do. We need to do an inventory of our life. Some of us in this room, we need to do an inventory of our life And we need, hey, first of all, if your children are dictating your schedule, they'll ruin your marriage, they'll ruin your family, they'll ruin everything. And if you're doing what you're doing in order to impress the people around you, then shame on you. You're bringing undue stress and anxiety into your life, into your marriage. And let me tell you what it's going to do it's going to kill you. And that's the enemy. I know I've got to close, but let me, let me stop right here. I wrote this down sometimes, and I'll go ahead and put the picture up here. John put it up here. This is a picture of, um, the next picture is a picture of our family. You may not be able to see it. Four kids, 16 grandkids. That's all of us at Christmas. I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago. But I thought to myself, you know, maybe Martha was raised that way. Maybe it wasn't, hey listen, maybe it wasn't about relationships. Maybe it was about appearance. Maybe our anxiety comes sometimes from the endless attempt to measure up to expectations that are impossible and they still are. Let me tell you, your parent, your parent's purpose, will, and plan for your life is not God's. Maybe, but probably not. You're not seeking your parents' approval, you're seeking God's approval. You're not seeking your parents' purpose and their plan for your life, you're seeking first and foremost, God's purpose and God's plan for your life. Anything less than that will bring heartache, stress, anxiety. Maybe, Mer- maybe Martha was raised this way. Maybe it wasn't about relationships, maybe it was about appearance. We gotta look good, we gotta get everything just right And you pass on those impossible expectations into the life of the people around you. Sometimes we are anxious because of things that God never called us to do. Sometimes we're anxious because the expectations of other people are more important to us, what they think about us, rather than what God knows about us. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're worried, you're anxious, you're about at a point of a panic over many things, and there was really only one thing, and you know what it was, Martha? To hear me. Now, let me close with an illustration. I've used this before, There comes a day, there comes a day, in John 11, do you remember when Jesus raised Lazarus? That was right before the cross. That's why Thomas said when they were getting ready to go to Bethany, Thomas, you remember, it was four days before Jesus got there, and Thomas said, let us go that we may also die with him. He's getting ready to die. When he goes to the home of Mary and Martha, it is a death sentence. The cross is coming. And many believed that they were not only wanting to put Jesus to death, they wanted to put his best friend to death, Lazarus, because he was evidence of the power of Jesus over death. And the Pharisees hated it. Sadducees. In John chapter 11, he shows up, raises Lazarus. Not long after that, there's a trial. There's a crucifixion. And Mary and Martha were a part of that. They saw that horrible scene. And then three days later, he's resurrected. And guess who sees him? Five years later. He ascends into heaven five years later. Jesus is not around. They're in there one day, and, and listen, Mary goes, Martha, do you remember that time that Jesus was here in our house? You remember? And, and I remember I was sitting at his feet, and all of a sudden, he looked and he started talking about when he created the stars. Do you remember that, Martha? Surely you remember. I mean it. I literally was glued. And all of a sudden, Martha tears up and goes. No. I was anxious, worried, concerned about the casserole. I was watching to make sure the bread didn't burn. I had set the table. I was doing it. And Mar- Mary, if you don't remember, if you've forgotten, I got mad. I got mad at Jesus and took my stress and anxiety out on him. Mom, listen to me your schedule, dad, your schedule, and all the stress you're bringing into your life, how dare you take it out on your children? Just because you don't trust the sovereign God to take care of the things that are stressing you, how dare you put it on children that are unable to defend themselves? Martha wept. Said, Mary, I got And it wasn't his fault. Martha, Martha. Let's stand. Our Heavenly Father, we just come to you. And Lord, we love you and we praise you. And Lord... uh, if there's anything that weighs heavy on our hearts, it's this thing of anxiety to be pulled in so many directions, to fill in our heart that we're balancing so many plates like them performers years ago that would spin those plates on sticks and then they would, they would try to keep all of them going and eventually one plate would begin to fall and crash and break. And Lord, sometimes that's us. We're spinning plates, we're doing things, we're packing our schedule with so much you never called us to do. And then we get mad at the people around us, we take it out on them. Our bodies begin to fell us and then we get mad at God and blame God. This is the life God gave me. No, God didn't give me this life. These are the poor choices that I've made. So God, I pray today for anyone that's within the sound of my voice that they'll do inventory. First of all, that they'll look at their life and say, Lord Jesus, I need to know that I'm saved. And I pray, dear Lord, that people will look back over their life right now and they'll just simply say, Lord, I want to know that I know that I'm saved. I want to settle that because that'll distill a lot of stress and anxiety it's really sweet when you don't worry about death anymore when death is just a reunion with the people that have gone on before you and death is a reunion to sit at the feet of jesus for eternity and to hang on his words Whoa. (laughs) sometimes dear lord we're tired sometimes we expend everything for everybody else when the reality is sometimes we just need to sit down at his feet and listen to the calmness that comes over his voice as he teaches us the truth and the principles of righteousness and the kingdom of God. So Lord, I pray if there's one here that's not a Christian that they would just simply pray and ask Jesus to come into their heart And to forgive them. And to be their Lord. I pray for others in this room that may be struggling. They may need to come and say, Brother Jeff, I've just been so overwhelmed. My life is such a wreck. But right now, God has spoken to me. And I want you to pray for me. Or Russell or Ledge or Sheila or somebody to wrap their arm around me and just to pray with me. Because I want to lay it all at his feet. I want to give it all to him. I want to quit living my life in worry and fret and panic. I want to be free. I want to know the peace that passes all understanding. I want the Prince of Peace to take back control of the things that I've tried to control. Lord, I pray for those that may be struggling right now, that may be struggling with a worry, a a, a fear, a what-if, that is so overwhelming their life right now, I pray that, Lord, they might just quietly come to the altar, lay it at the feet of Jesus, say, Lord, here it is. It's yours. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to rest in that. Lord, we love you, and we ask you to speak to the needs of people, of us all, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.